door, trying to get it tied. Kennedy scores! And will cater in. Shots! He has the crossbar! Kennedy looking, center shot. You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Welcome to Impact Sports Behind the Mask. I'm your host, Jason Ruff, alongside is my guest co-host, Max Benoit, who is filling in for Brian Bobel. Max, thanks again for stepping up, and welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Tonight we've got a lot to cover this evening, from week caps to men's and women's hockey to the start of Big Ten play to round the boards and, of course, our preview of hockey's upcoming series against the Princeton Tigers. Let's get right into it. Last Thursday, the Michigan State Spartans opened up conference play against the Ohio State Buckeyes on the road in Columbus. The Spartans opened up the scoring midway through the first after William Haig picked up a juicy rebound and roofed it over the shoulder of Matt Tompkins. Haig's second of the season made it 1-0 Michigan State after one. In the second period, the Spartans struck again, this time on the power play, as Matt Berry launched a wicked wrister from the faceoff dot to make it 2-0 Spartans. And again the third, Michigan State still continued to pour on the pressure as Matt Berry threaded the needle on a pass that found its way to Brett Darnell, who roofed it on a short-angle shot over Tompkins' shoulder. That made it 3-0 Michigan State. And while the Buckeyes did get on the board late in the period, it didn't matter as Michigan State won their Big Ten opener by a score of 3-1. Max, really important effort by the Spartans to get that first win, especially coming on the road. Yes, you know, it's always important to get that first conference win. You know, you want to start strong and, and definitely get get moving in when the conference schedule comes around because those are the games that really mean a lot. Um Definitely going on the road. It's always tough to play on the road no matter where you go. Obviously, Ohio State might not be the hardest place to go to, but, you know, travel. And the place looks like a cave. It, it's, it's, it was pretty empty. It was might be too big for their fan base. I don't know. I, I think it is. I mean, unlike Wisconsin, who can fill up the Kohl Center and get like 12,000 people a night, Buckeyes look like they can barely manage to get 2,000 spectators. Yeah, yeah it, didn't, it didn't look very filled at all. So, I mean, but besides that fact, I mean, it's still, no matter how many people are in the stands, it's still tough, you know, to go on the road because you got to deal with traveling and you're, you're away from home and um, a lot of little small stuff. You're in, in a kind of new environment and you have to focus on uh, what, you're, what you're doing uh, before the game, you know, that's different because you're not at home. Um, so it's, it's just tough, so. Also, uh, it was good to see Matt Berry continue to pour on. Oh yeah, and he got his tenth point in eleven games. That's that's good. Good to see. That's good to see. I mean, we were talking earlier this season. If Matt Berry stays healthy, he definitely has the potential to be the leading goal scorer on this team. I mean, he should he should have been the leading goal scorer last year, but for the fact that he was injured. Mm-hmm. Also, definitely good for Michigan State to get that win against the team that, if you remember, knocked them out of the Big Ten tournament last season and. An overtime goal. Let's move on to Friday. The Buckeyes came out on Friday, however, looking for blood, and they got it. After a scoreless first period, the Ohio State Buckeyes opened up the scoring early in the second. A two-on-one shot by Matt Johnson of OSU initially was ruled a no-goal, but after a video review on the next stoppage of play, it was ruled that Johnson had indeed beat Michigan State goaltender Jake Hildebrand. That made it one nothing Buckeyes just 2-16 into the second period. Later in the second, Ohio State struck again on the power play off of a redirection. Again, the goal was reviewed, and again, the replay favored the home team. 
Leading 2-0 in the third period, the Buckeyes struck the final death nail after the Spartan net became dislodged, and Derek Angeli shot the puck into the open net. After a lengthy review, the goal was upheld due to the ruling that the net was dislodged as a result of the Spartan pushing a Buckeye into the net. As per a recent rule change in the offseason, the goal was allowed. The Spartans are now 4-7 and seven on the season and is in a four-way tie for first place in the Big Ten currently. Max, Michigan State was in a position to sweep a conference opponent. This is the third time this season the Spartans have been in a position to sweep after winning the first game. But for some reason, they just couldn't pull it out. And this is a recurring theme that continues to happen this season. Quite honestly, it's getting to the point where it's starting to become disturbing. Yeah, it's it's really it's starting to get uh, disappointing. I mean, all, all the players probably are getting frustrated that they can't finish the job, um, especially with a team like Ohio State, who isn't the the top of the Big Ten. You need those games to win. You need to win all those games because it really comes down to it later in the season in the standings. You know, you you're, you're gonna have to claw and try and get wins against top teams like Minnesota, Michigan, um, and looks like Penn State's up there this year too. Very surprising. Yep, but uh, Ohio State, that's that's got got to be a game you have to find a way to get the sweep. Especially when you're on the road. I mean, Brian, I mean, sorry, I nearly called you Brian. Sorry, Max. You're fine. I, I mean, Max, if Michigan State sweeps that series, I mean, look at the schedule. Michigan State, let's just say, hypothetically, Michigan State sweeps that s- series. We're talking of a Michigan State hockey team right now that is five and six. They're going on the road against Princeton. That's an easy two wins. Then we're talking about a team that is seven and six. Seven and six going into a very tough and very important home series against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. A series that they have to come away with at least one win. That's confidence. Michigan State, since geez, longer than I can remember, hasn't been able to put together four wins in a row. And we and Coach Anastas talked about having to turn the corner this year, how that is the goal for his team this year is to start turning that corner. You get four wins in a row, two of them against quality opponents, that's a step in the right direction. It seems like the Spartans are right there, but they just need to get over that, that last little hump, and that's where they're having trouble. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, they, just, uh, they really need to just find a way to get the win when, they, when, when the win is there for the taking. I mean, Ohio State and Princeton, those are two series where guys are, I mean, those teams are under 500. Um, they should be four wins. Great teams figure out a way to take those wins. They're kind of gimmies, not necessarily gimmies. You know, anything can happen in hockey, obviously. Exactly, exactly. But if if Michigan State won both games at Ohio State, and then they did win uh, both games at Princeton this weekend, that's not only important for the record, but it's also a very big momentum um, going into a series against Minnesota, a very big confidence booster for sure. Plus, you look at it right now, if Michigan State sweeps that series, they're number one in the Big Ten. Mm. When did that happen last year? Never. It, exactly. You talk about a momentum boost. You're talking about a team that last year, Michigan State, didn't even come anywhere close to sniffing the top three in the Big Ten. And Michigan State now just squandered a possibility to be the number one team in the Big Ten. Yes, it's only a week in, but still, number one is number one. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's just... Spartans missed a momentous opportunity this weekend, and it just it, ah, yeah. They they, they definitely it, it's it's hard to compete for a Big Ten title if you're not there at the beginning. 
and they're putting themselves out of it really quickly if they if they if they continue to lose these games uh, in sweeps. You can't go 500 and go back and forth, maybe splitting every series, and and somehow think you're competing for a Big Ten title. Well, I think that. I think the consensus among everyone here who follows Michigan State hockey is if Michigan State can get a 500 record this season, that would be favorable. Considering what happened last year and the year before that. It would be favorable, but the expectations, I think, need to start getting higher, especially with um, a few years, I think it's been three years now since the last NCAA tournament appearance. Uh, fans are getting a little antsy. They they want a winning team. They deserve a winning team. And it's just... it's. It's not fair to expect or have the fans expect an average season as like 500. I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. Michigan State does deserve does deserve a top level hockey team, especially when you look at what football is doing, what basketball is doing, what volleyball is doing, what soccer is doing, what what most of the major sports at Michigan State are doing. They're up there. They are they are in the conversation competing for Big Ten championships. Michigan State deserves a hockey team that is of that caliber. But I think also fans have to remember that this is a slow rebuilding process. I mean, we're we're in year four of the Anastas regime right now. He The worst thing he did was overachieve in his first year with a roster that, for the most part, wasn't entirely his own. Well, part of that, I think, was uh, he took over for um, the last coach. He took his team that was still very good and kind of just continued it through the next year. Um, so it wasn't necessarily his team, but it was still a very, very good team. Exactly. Like I said, it was, it was, it was not a team that was a hundred percent his own and he succeeded with it. Then you come back and you have these two, these last two years, they've been down years. And Anasta said these, the next few years, they're going to be growing pains. These have been massive growing pains. And I think it's taken a lot of the Michigan state hockey fan base by surprise. A lot of them are calling for. Change and I understand that change, but they have to remember this is a long-term process here. I I have a feeling it is going to pay off. Now, do I think Michigan State needs to start showing results this season? Yes, I do. They need they cannot have afford to have a year like last year and expect to have to still be top fifteen in attendance nationally. Mm-hmm. And that's something this hockey program prides itself on. That is that for the past several years in a row they've been the top fifteen in attendance. If Michigan State doesn't start showing that on the record books, they're not going to be that way. That said, I think you need to keep your real your expectations realistic. Do I think a 500 record and make noise in the Big Ten, maybe third, fourth, maybe even second place finish is attainable of this team? Yes, I do. If the chips fall right, if they take care of business, this team can easily be a plus 500 team and make a lot of noise in the Big Ten. Do I think that this is an NCAA tournament team? No, I don't. And I don't think it's reasonable to put expectations at that point. Well, the the expectations don't really have to be there for them to make the tournament. Like you don't, No, they you don't. don't. Have, you, you, I don't think they're going to make the tournament, though. I, 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 want, I want the expectation to be there that they should be at least in consideration to make the tournament. They don't have to make it, but they're not even giving themselves a shot at all, especially with these losses early on. Let's see, we got... You know, you you, you got a, a a win versus Massachusetts, a loss versus Massachusetts, two two reasonable good losses against Boston and and UMass Lowell. Who are I will say, Boston University is now the number one team in the nation. Yes, UMass Lowell is number four. So those are quality. Those, those losses. are very quality losses. 
But Ferris State, that's that's a game that you you should win. They they beat them the next day. New Hampshire, they split that series. They should have won both those. They should have won both those series. I I will give you that. Boston College came in and and kind of kind of stole. Uh, actually, I wouldn't say stole, but they I mean Hildebrand had a bad night. Hildebrand did have a bad night. It's it's a game they could have won. And Boston College isn't the Boston College we've seen no. in in the past no. years. Um, but you know Ohio State, you can't lose a team like that. You you up this weekend they can't lose the Minnesota. They can't lose to they can't lose the Clarkson coming up in in. You early mean Princeton? December. You mean Princeton? No, uh, up in early December too. Like these are all games that they just have to win. Okay, right. I agree. They have to sweep Princeton, Minnesota. I'm keeping my expectations realistic. I expect a one win out of them. That would be that would definitely be ideal to pick up a win against Minnesota. Pick up a, pick up a win against Minnesota who who's a very good team. And... But they're reeling recently. They've they've they were swept by Minnesota Duluth, I believe, a couple weekends ago and this last weekend they lost to the US National Team Development Program in exhibition. So, no one that Michigan State is going to play, no one is unbeatable. No. Everyone can be beat. Every, that's why they play the game. Exactly. Brian says the exact same thing. (laughs) So, I mean, I was talking to my old hockey coach, very successful hockey coach, and he's been following Michigan State hockey as well. I was basically telling him what's happening, and he said it very plainly. It sounds like this team knows how to win a game. The next step is for them to start learning how to win consistent games, getting those weekend sweeps when they need them, winning consistently on the road and at home. That is the next step they need to take. I mean, I was talking to Brett Darnell at the press conference today, and he called it the killer instinct. When Michigan State finds that and starts utilizing it, utilizing that killer instinct, start winning those games consistently, that is when this program will turn that corner. Because I tell you what, head coach Tom Anastas cannot come in to an end-of-the-year press conference and basically say the corner has yet to be turned. He just can't. After he came in at the beginning of the year and said, quote, we can see the corner now. The challenge is for us to turn it. End quote. He, he just can't. It, it, it's funny how you you say that. Like, it, if Tom Anastos, if he was a football coach, he might be on his way out right now. But there's a there's a little bit more leniency because when it comes of the to recruiting process. It, it, well, in, even in football, there's still the same recruiting process. But it's there, there's less of a, a urgency to get good when. When not as many people are watching, not not that there aren't people watching, but football, you know, is up way up here. Football is football because and of America. Exactly. Just just Everyone, because you're you're expected to do well, especially like at like your second year. Exactly. You're spe- you you need to do well by your fourth year. If you're still stinking and doing bad, then it's it might be time for a change. And Anastos, he's got he's got his piece. Anastas. Anastas. I mean, yeah. Uh, he it's late at night. Don't <laughs> worry. I get you. We're we're close there. We're almost at Thanksgiving break. Yep. 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 <laughs> I didn't get much sleep last night for sure. Um, and asked this. He he's got the pieces in place. He's got great players. McEachern, he's shown um, some flashes of oh. greatness. Oh, he's 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 going to be a top prospect by the time Big Ten play rolls around in earnest. I, I have I have no doubt about that. He's yep. just Starting to light it up. I, I really like how William Hag plays, but you know he needs to get on the board more. Yeah, I agree. Um, same with Josh Jacobs. He's obviously a great defenseman. So there's there's prospects there. It's just a matter of just you know finishing those fi- chances, finishing the job, 
getting it done. That's what separates the the good teams from the great teams. I agree. And the great teams from the the excellent teams. I agree. And to say to add one more thing to your point about football, I mean football is at a college campus. Football is your primary revenue source, unless you're a school like North Carolina or Duke, where basketball is. But mm-hmm. even that, you're expected to do well. Hockey is not your primary revenue source. At best, hockey makes a little bit of money. So most times it it barely scratches even or even operates at a little bit of a loss. A little bit. So I agree with you there's not enough sense of urgency. But the fact of the matter is hockey recruiting is so drawn out because these college programs, they have to compete with the Canadian Junior Leagues. They just have to. And that's why you have to get commitments from kids that are freshmen, sophomores in, in high school. Perfect case in point. I have a friend of mine, kid by the name of Ryan Blankmeyer, who's a very close friend of mine, played hockey with him growing up, very talented player. He was already committed to play hockey Dartmouth, I think, when he was like a freshman or sophomore. Case in point, they're having to get commitments from these kids so early. And that's why you have to look. You say, people ask, well, when's Michigan State going to bring in the talent? The reason people say, oh, 2015, 2016, those years, is because Anastas has had to go out and get those commitments from those kids at such a young age. That's why we are only now in Anastas's fourth year only seeing his recruiting class just his first recruiting class start to come in. His freshman year this year, that's his first true recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely a shame to see all the the recruits they're kind of just being pulled in different directions, you know, they have the choice to play obviously. It is. The OHL, is. the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the US, USHL, they can go straight pro, then they play college. I mean, it's it's really just a matter of what you want to do and the best talent is all, you know, in the Canadian Hockey League. So, exactly. And and obviously once you play in the Canadian Hockey League because they get paid because they're semi-professional, um you can't play college hockey after that. Exactly. So it's it's really just robbing the NCAA as a whole from getting great hockey compared to just, you know, good. Pretty good hockey. Really good hockey. Like the top 10 teams have like really good hockey teams and then everyone else is just iffy. But no, I agree with you. It is unfortunate, but you know what? That's the way the world is right now. Mm -hmm. And these coaches have to do, have to work within those parameters. So let's go now to our women's hockey recap. The men were not the only hockey team in action last weekend as the Michigan State D1 women's team also faced off against the Davenport Panthers in their last series of this semester. On Friday night at Davenport, it was all MSU. After a scoreless first period, the Spartans opened it up in the final 40 minutes with four unanswered goals by Hannah Lensing, Lindsay Odin, Natalie Priscinandero. I'm sorry, hold on, I'm going to get this right. Priscand- Priscandero, that's one heck of a name, I apologize, <laughs> and Kara Scaturo. Senior goaltender Maria Barlow made 16 saves for the showdown. I'm sorry if I butchered any names. This is my first time saying these names. So, On Sunday morning, the result was a little bit closer. Davenport came out strong and took a 1-0 lead early in the first period. However, the Spartans would tie things up courtesy of Scaturo, who would give Michigan State the lead in the second period as well. The Spartans held on for a 2-1 win and the series split. Spleep. <clears throat> Excuse me. The undefeated Spartans conclude this semester's schedule with a 7-0-2 record and currently sit in 11th place in the ACHA women's standings. The Spartans will open up 2015 with a trip to the Windy City to play Robert Morris on January 9th and 10th, respectively. I will be going to that because where Robert Morris plays at is only about 25 minutes from my house, so 
really looking forward to see the Lady Spartans in action near my home turf, I guess you could say. Yeah, they've been looking strong. Hopefully they can keep it going. Oh, oh yes, definitely. They're they're definitely one of the one of the best hockey teams at Michigan State. <laughs> Let's go now to our next segment around the boards where we will take a look at the Big 10 standings and how all Big 10 hockey teams did last weekend and where they're going to go next weekend. We'll start first reminder there is a currently a four-way tie for first place in the Big 10 of the four teams that played uh, their opening Big Ten series last weekend. Every one of them picked up a win, so everyone has three points. We'll start with the first one. Penn State, three points, split at Michigan by a score of 3-2, to two, but then lost to the Wolverines 8-1. to one. Next weekend, they play one game versus Cornell at Madison Square Garden. How about that? The Penn State Nittany Lions are off to a 1-1-0 conference record and a 7-3-2 overall record how about that penn state going to play at madison square garden how about that you know madison square garden it's probably the most famous sporting uh i think venue it is let's in, be honest here in not only the united states but may, maybe could be considered maybe in the world too it, it's where the big boys come out to play exactly and consider the history with that arena really really good opportunity for penn state to go out and get a lot more visibility for its program which is really has it really has been on the upswing. Yes, it, it's when coming, you consider where it was last year, coming out of the, the ACHA a couple of years ago, they've def, definitely been rising uh, with into the D one rankings. They're really starting to come into their own this year and starting to get some wins early on. Like last year, I think it took quite a while for them to get their bi- first Big Ten win. It, it took, was against Michigan. It was against Michigan. It was. I think it took uh, maybe till about January or February. That sounds about right. Yeah. So it. It's good to see them right off the bat. They're like, hey, we're not messing around. We're going to get this win, and uh, we mean we mean business this year. Exactly. And, of course, Michigan, again, with three points, still in that four-way tie, split against Penn State, lost the first game at Yost in their home rink, 3-2, to two, but then came out and opened it up against the Nittany Lions, beating them 8-1. to one. Next weekend, the Wolverines will play a, ser- a home series against Rensselaer. The Wolverines are 1-1-0 in conference, 5-6-0 overall. Michigan is kind of a a team you don't really know much about. You don't know which direction they're going to go because they could go either way right now. They've they've definitely had some games where they completely dominated, and there's also some games where they're just like, this is not the Michigan team that we've seen over the last 20 20 years or so. Uh, they, They definitely need to pick it up. If they, if they want to compete in the Big Ten this year. So next up is Ohio State. Again, in that four-way split with three points, they split Michigan State, losing 3-1 to one on Thursday night, but then sweeping the Spartans 3 to nothing on Friday. Their next series, the Buckeyes will go to Notre Dame to play in the Shillelagh Tournament. Their first game will be against Western Michigan University. In the second game, they will either place Union College or Notre Dame, depending on who ends up where. So very interesting series for the Buckeyes. Ohio State again off to a 1-1-0 and start in conference 4-7-1 overall. I got to I got to say the chances of Ohio State getting a sweep or I'm sorry, getting swept in this ser- in this weekend is pretty decent. We don't know much about Western Michigan, so that could be an iffy series, but if they lose that, I have trouble seeing Ohio State beating either Union College or Notre Dame. 
Well, yeah, Union defending national champs. They're obviously the, the team everyone's gunning for. So Ohio State will bring their A game if they play Union. Notre Dame, though, is still a very good team as well. Um, Ohio State, they got their hands full this weekend for sure. And it's Western Michigan. Uh, it, you know, anything can happen in the game of hockey. So I, they're, they're still a team I think people are trying to feel out and, and see how, how they're doing. So uh, Ohio State, you know, you never know. They could come out with two wins this weekend. You never know. But, again, a lot of respect for Western Michigan considering that they swept a series with Michigan State last year. Mm-hmm. Quite badly, too, if I recall. Next up is, of course, Michigan State and near the bottom of that four-way split. Spartans split at again at Ohio State, winning the first game 3-1 to one, and then losing the second game 3 to nothing. as we all know. This weekend, the Spartans will take on Princeton. And, the, of course, Michigan State, again, off to a 1-1-0 start, 4-7-0 overall. We just talked a bunch about Michigan State, so we won't bother with that one. Number three, now we go on to the last two teams who did not play a Big Ten hockey game yet. Number three, Minnesota, the only ranked team in the Big Ten Conference, lost to the U.S. National Team Development Program in exhibition play last weekend at Mariucci Arena by a score of 5-4 to four in overtime, so a tough loss for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who seem to be reeling. They've lost three straight, if you include the exhibition matchup. Well, they they went on a streak. Uh, they just you know they've lost a couple, but they've started off strong. They're in a good position right now, and based off of the rest of the teams in the Big Ten, they're they're the team to beat, no doubt. No doubt. And they're they're asserting themselves as the team to beat, backing it up. They they got the best record. Um, all the other teams they're below five hundred, and that's not that's not very good for the oh, oh, except all, Penn State. Except Penn State, yes. Um, you know. That's that's not very good for the the conference because it's like, well, what's up with the Big Ten this year? You know, it's kind of like I think it's a big down year for the Pens for I'm sorry for the Big Ten. I would say, especially yeah. when you consider Minnes or where Wisconsin's at. So uh, everyone's gonna be gunning for Minnesota. It's Minnesota's conference to lose this year. Um, obviously, Big Ten play is just starting, but based off of the early season um, games and who's who everyone's played, it's it's. Definitely Minnesota's proven to be the team that is in control. Exactly. Definitely a chance for the Golden Gophers to get back on the winning side of things. They go on the road to face off against number 12 Boston College and against Northeastern. So definitely at least one win is possible for the Golden Gophers. Probably two considering the way Boston College has played this early in the season. Yeah, Boston College, they definitely don't look like the Boston College vote old, but they have Thatcher Demko. He's a great goalie. He'll probably bring his A game. I know he will. He he's he's I think he's a draft pick of Vancouver. Uh, if I'm if I'm is that correct? Uh I'm not quite sure. Anyway, we'll have to look that yeah, up later. I think I think it's Vancouver he got drafted by and and he's he's a big guy, hard to beat on any part of the net. So it's it's really just, you know, can can they get in that win? Get going to BC and get a win there. If they get that one, I think they can get an easy sweep. I agree. I agree. It's it definitely definitely like I said, good chance for Minnesota to get back on the winning side of things. And finally, we go on to Wisconsin. Poor poor Bucky Badger. <laughs> Wisconsin Badgers had lost last weekend at Colorado College 
and at number 10 Denver by scores of 5-2 and 3-2 respectively. I honestly thought the Badgers were going to pick up their first win against Colorado College because we're talking about a Tiger team that has not done very well recently. And then Colorado goes on and loses to Air Force the next night after they beat the Badgers. So things not looking good in Madison right now. Yeah, Madison. In in Madison, they might start to creep towards panic mode because they're starting to think, "Hey, when are we going to get that first win?" I think they're already there. Let's be honest here, especially when you consider. Is it going to happen? Is our season already in the tubes? The players are questioning their season already. They're not in a good spot at all. Well, it's all. a very young team. I mean, the Badgers had to replace, I think, like 12 players. That's over half their roster. But I agree. A young team, very impressionable young team, when you go off to an 0-8 start after last the season before, finishing up second in your conference and winning your conference tournament, it's just, yeah, that's killer. That's killer. Yep. So They need I, to find a way to win and fast. Otherwise, their season is in the toilet. Well... It'll be interesting to see because they welcome the Ferris State Bulldogs for a series in Madison, Wisconsin at the Kohl Center this weekend. I still don't I still don't think the Badgers are going to pick up a win. Well, when they're playing Denver, uh, that's that's going to be a tough Well, one. they're playing Ferris State this weekend. They play Denver too, don't they? No, they play Ferris State this weekend. Ooh. They played Den- oh, they, they played play Denver. Denver last okay. weekend. Okay. And they lost play Ferris three, State. It's still late Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it's fine. It's fine, man. Looking at the wrong line. Um, <laughs> yeah, they definitely. I think they can possibly get a win against Fair State, especially at home. Uh, they'll have the crowd behind them, um, but they still, you know, they're struggling. So they really need. I think it'll be a significantly less crowd, though, especially when you consider what Melvin Gordon and the Wisconsin Badgers football team is doing, and the fact that the Wisconsin Badgers basketball team is ranked number one in the Big Ten. Quite honestly, when you consider the when you take those two factors into account and see that the Wisconsin hockey team is often 0 and 8 start, I would have to think that there are not going to be a lot of fans at the Cole Center this com- upcoming series. Again, I may be wrong. Maybe the Badger fans are so loyal they love their team no matter what. Well, they they love their hockey up in Wisconsin just like they do in in Minnesota. It is very cold up there, so they I'm sure they play on the pond a lot. Uh, <laughs> But it, I think I think they'll they'll show up and and support their team, for like it's it's it, you know you you're losing but there's still Wisconsin Badgers they got a solid fan base uh, I'm confident the fans will not turn on them. Very true. But whether or not the Badgers will pick up their first win against the Bulldogs, only time will tell. Also interesting to note that according to the the latest USHO coaches poll. The Boston University Terriers have now become the number one team in the nation, followed by UMass Lowell at number fourth. So, Max, as we alluded earlier, Michigan State played both of those teams in consecutive dates and lost by both of them by one goal. So how does this make those losses look in terms of quality? Well, it shows that the Spartans can compete with the best but it goes back to like they need to they need to finish the job. They they're they're just a step away from beating them. And but seeing that both both those teams are in the top five definitely helps the Spartans and like that you know they 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 got it in. But can they can they get it done? When will they bring it every night? I don't know. They've been inconsistent for the last couple years. On um, they'll, they'll beat a team like Minnesota and then they'll lose lose to a team like Penn State. It's it's just always been up and down roller coaster with them. So you you 
you can see they can they can beat the teams and hang with the teams, but whether or not they will bring it that night, it's just inconsistent. I I I agree, I agree completely. And when you have a team that is kind of on a roller coaster, it makes it very tough for the average fan to to follow them, and to be a loyal follower. I mean, you are you and I are a little bit different because one we do we cover this stuff for what we do here at Impact Radio, but we also lo- like to do it because we're avid hockey fans. But for the average fan, the av- as- aside from that, not a lot of people outside of the dedicated hockey fan base follow Michigan State hockey because of the fact they're so inconsistent and they're so up and down and up and down and up and down. Well, as a fan myself, I sometimes like the up and down a little bit better. Like last year, uh, when I was watching the Red Wings, that was that was the most awesome season ever because they, they, you know, they were up and down. They'd they'd win a game and then they'd lose three and then they'd somehow win four. It was awesome. It was like, whoa, how, are they going to make the playoffs or not? So that's kind of like what I see with Michigan State. You know, uh, that's why I continue coming back to support them. It's it's you you don't know if they're going to hang with them, but it's it's like. You always you're always rooting for them because you know they can do it, and when they don't, you're like ah maybe that maybe next time they'll they'll get them next time. I agree, but at the end of the day, you need to get that team to play more consistently and start winning those games. Moral victories are only going to take you so far. If if Michigan State wants to get to an elite level where they're in the, in the NCAA tournament, maybe every year competing for a Big Ten championship and maybe even possibly a national championship. Yes, they need to win those games. They need to become a very consistent team, night in, night out, every weekend. And they need to turn the corner. You and I, we've seen consistency, or not consistency, we've seen improvement. Michigan State has only allowed 27 goals in 11 games this year. Last time they did that was back in 2011-2012, and that was a very good hockey team. It wasn't an Assis' hockey team, it was... It was a bunch of Conley players, but it was still a very good hockey team. You can make the argument. They've scored about 24 goals. That's more goals after 11 games than last year. So there's improvement, especially after last year. I think everyone can see that. When you look at the eyeball test, Michigan State is getting a lot more scoring chances, a lot more quality scoring chances than they were last year. They're getting more shots. They're in a lot more of the games. They're not getting blown out. But I think the fact of the matter is, there's improvement. The big key for this year, and I think what is really going to define whether or not this season is a success or failure, is, is whether or not Michigan State, as a program and as a team, can take that next step to consistency, start playing with consistency, start winning games night in and night out, putting together three, four, five, six games wins in three weeks, and turn that corner. Because when they turn that corner, Anything's possible. I agree. Uh, you've seen the flashes. They, they've had games where they've completely dominated, and they've had games where they've um, just completely been destroyed in the past. But this year, they, you know, they are getting more scoring chances. It's a matter of can they, can they put it in the back of the net? You need, you need to finish the job. You need to bury the puck. And right now, it's not really, not really happening. They're, they're, that with the few chances they get, they, you know, they've missed the net. And they've the goalie's made a great save, and and they just got to find a way to score on those, you know, few chances that they get. And if they do that, then yes, they'll make the next step and possibly be a very good, very good team. Just just to remind people and to remind you, 
Max, we were talking about this earlier. It took Red Berenson seven years to make it to his first NCAA tournament. It took him four to get to his first winning record. Even if Michigan State doesn't get a, 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 an above 500 record this season, he still has that in four years. So I think I'm not saying that Tom Anastas is going to be like the Red Berenson of Michigan State hockey. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that these hockey rebuilds take time. And it's hard for people to be patient. It's hard for me to be patient. Max, I know it's hard for you to be patient. It's hard for all our listeners to be patient. I get that. I understand that. But at the end of the day, yes, it's a results-oriented business, but the reason Mark Hollis gave such a long leeway period, signed he signed Coach Anastas to a five-year contract. He didn't sign him to a two- and three-year contract, say, okay, let's see how you do win percentage-wise afterwards. It was a five-year contract. Hollis knows this. That's going to take time for Michigan State to get back to where it wants to be in terms of recruiting because of the rec- how drawn-out recruiting is, because of the competition of the Michigans, of the fair states, of the Ohio states, of the Minnesotas, the Wisconsins, all those other guys in the Big Ten and in the general Michigan area. Hollis knows this. That And Anassas knows this too. He's, he said it himself multiple times. It's going to take five years. Five years. For me personally, when someone says, I'm going to get this done and I'm going to fix this, but it's going to take me this long, if he has the gall to come out and say that, then I'm all for giving him the time and giving him the benefit of the doubt because that shows confidence in himself and confidence in his abilities. And I applaud Coach Anastas for being confident in himself. Confidence is the first key for success in anything. Yeah, I'll point out, Mark Hollis, he's he's no slouch when it comes to choosing choosing coaches. No, he's not. And it, you know, the athletic all, athletics all across camp campus, they, you know, they're doing extremely well across the board. I'm not I'm not sure if there might be another uh, school in the Big Ten that has such great teams at all sports. So if if Mark Hollis has his has has his confidence put into um, Anastas. I'll I'll put my confidence in in Anastas too, and I'll be patient and wait. But once that five years is up and they're still not close, I'm I'm gonna start. Uh, if if the five years is up and Anastas isn't close, then it might be whatever time happens. For a change. Whatever happens happens. I agree. I'm just saying, don't do anything you'll regret later. That's that's what I'm gonna leave with. Now we'll go on to our our final segment here. Know thy enemy and know thyself. In a thousand battles, you will never lose. This weekend, the Michigan State Spartans will travel to New Jersey this weekend to face off against the Princeton Tigers in the historic Hobie Baker Arena. It'll be the first big team to travel to the Hobie Baker Arena since Michigan did it in 1950. A special little fact here, Hobie Baker Arena is the second oldest arena still in use by an NCAA hockey team. It would beat out Dem Hall if the Spartans still played there. It's it, it's crazy how old it this is. It is very crazy. Obviously, uh, Hobie Baker Arena. It's very, it's it's a very well maintained arena if it stand stood this long. Um, so it's you know it's 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 like one of those gems in sports like Fenway Park and Wrigley Field. It's you know they just some some places aren't just meant to have new stadiums or new arenas. 
Exactly. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, Hobie Baker Arena has not been seeing a lot of wins, kind of like Wrigley Field. <laughs> the Tigers currently are struggling to score goals this season, this season under first-year coach Ron Ron Fagardi. Last year, the Tigers didn't register a goal, or last weekend, I should say, the Tigers didn't register a goal in a 3-0 loss to St. Lawrence and a 4-0 loss to Clarkson. Tigers are currently second to last in the ECAC. That 4 nothing loss to Clarkson actually says a little bit because Michigan State is going to finish off their non-conference schedule against Clarkson. After that, they go to the GLI, then they go straight into Big Ten play. It'll be interesting to see how Michigan State will do against a Princeton team that has given up four goals to Clarkson. Because remember, that Clarkson game at the end of the year that's a must-win for Michigan State if they want to get back to 500 before the GLI. It's it's very important, especially there's that small small break of a, a couple weeks um, of the holiday break before the GLI. So it, it it's nice if you get on a little bit of a winning streak, you know, to start the second half of the season. And maybe if they do get on a winning, they'll start rolling and and really start rolling into some Big Ten Big Ten games and getting some good wins. So um, it's it should be an inter- interesting to see how they do against Clarkson. Then again, Michigan State should just feast on this team. I'm talking 10, 12 goals out, out of the weekend. They should just feast on this team. Considering what, not, I don't want to say worse teams than Michigan State, but teams that are not comparable to Michigan State, that they went 3-0 and and 4-0. Hildebrand should get his first shutout uh, in the first game. And Spartans should just go to town on the Princeton Tigers. Yes, it's on the road. Yes, Princeton's going to be fired up that a Big Ten team is coming to to the Hobie Baker Arena. But you know what? These are wins Michigan State needs to have. And they need to have big wins in order to kind of grow that confidence in scoring. Last year when the Tigers came to East Lansing, Michigan State routed the Princeton Tigers by scores of 4-1 to and 8-1, to just to prove my point. Last year, again, you want to show improvement over last year? Get something comparable to that. Because last year's team that you and I both know, Max, they struggled to score goals. I mean, they just struggled. They finished the year with, I think, like a a 2.2 goals goals per game average. Mm-hmm. And, and that team was still able to pick up 12 goals in a weekend against Princeton. Michigan State needs to get something comparable to that or even higher. And I think the defense should get Jake Hildebrand, his first shutout. And quite honestly, I think Ed Minnie should get the start on Sunday. Or I was on a, Saturday, I should I say. I was actually just about to bring that up. I thought, you know, Jake Hildebrand, he started all 11 games so far this year. He might be getting a little tired. You know you know, Ed Minnie is fresh. You know Princeton's not very good. Yeah, why not give Ed Minnie the start? Give him some give him some games to play in. Exactly. I was asking, actually asked Coach Anastas about that in the press conference. He said he wasn't thinking about it too much and that it would be a game day decision. I understand the rationale for both. Yes, you want to get Ed Benny to start, but the, but the, also you want to keep Jake Hildebrand in a groove, especially going to that really big, important series against Minnesota. At the same time, maybe you want to give Hildebrand a rest going into Minnesota and give Ed Benny the start. Either way, I... I I can understand why Anassis wants this to be a game time decision. Well, one thing you could do also is you could play Jake Hildebrand on the second in the second game and have Edmini start. So it's not like he'll be going in to Minnesota with kind of just the like. Uh, yeah, you know. yeah, but that 
Think about that. That's a freshman goaltender, his first start on the road. Yes, I understand Princeton is not a good goal is not a good team, but that's not where you when you want to. You don't want to start a freshman, have his first game be the first game of a series on the road, and rely on him to have to backstop your team if, for example, Princeton comes out guns blazing the first five minutes and catches Michigan State off guard. As experienced as Edmini is. I know from personal experience as a I played goalie my entire life it it wouldn't affect them at all um it might affect the you know maybe a few guys on the team like oh crap maybe maybe they might play better because like oh it's our, our freshman goalie he's playing maybe I, I don't want to you know blow this game for him so they might play better a, a much better game if um if Edmini was in goal they just to kind of protect him a little bit more but I don't think Edmini would be really affected or rattled, but it, it, I guess it would be nice. I could see what you're saying. It would be nice for him to start his first college game um, at home, uh, possibly where his, his family would be or something, or friends, you know. Because right, um, he's a native of Pennsylvania. Is he a native of Pennsylvania? I think so. I think, I'll, I'll, I, I think you're right, actually. I will definitely have to. Princeton might not be very far then. So, yeah, it's it's. I, I think... You sometimes as a goalie you need to be get a, get a rest. So yep, yeah. I'm sorry, Ed Ed Mini, native of Wingap, Pennsylvania. Wingap, Pennsylvania. So that's not very far from New Jersey. So maybe the maybe the fam can make a nice little trip out there to. I mean, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, who knows? You know, it's it's it, all the more reason to spend more time with your family in uh, in good old Princeton Hobie Baker Arena. Exactly. Very historic Princeton Hobie Baker Arena. So I I think he'd be hyped. He'd he'd be hyped and excited. Um, either way, uh, if he did get the start, um, he'd he'd come to play, and I think he'd do very do very well. It's all up to Anastas, though. Of course, and I agree. I think if Edmini did get the start, he would be able to back well. He might let in a goal to the Tigers just because he's an experience, but still, it'd be I think it'd be a good start for Ed for Edmini. Let's go now to our very final segment: keys to Spartan victories. Max, you're the guest analyst. Three keys to Spartan victories. Well, my three keys is they need to play the full 120 minutes um, for both games. They need a they they need to you know come to play in game one, do their business, get the win. And then the next game they have to show up too and and you know keep keep Princeton down, kick them while they're down, and you know maybe beat them up a little bit more and get the win. Uh, my second key, you you gotta finish your scoring chances. If if you do that, then you know you're you're gonna win a lot of games, obviously. Uh, so it, they need to bury the puck. They've had very few chances. They've had more chances than last year, but they're still not burying the puck. So that's that's one thing for me too. Is they need they need to score when they get the chance. And I guess my third key would have to be is they have to stay out of the penalty box. And every every time you go into a game, and um, you get penalties, you put yourself in a position to lose. Um, it's, it's just, they, they, they need, they need to really just, you know, go on the attack and not the defensive when it comes to games. I, I definitely agree with you. That being said though, the, the Spartan power play is at a 90% right now. So it's, it's doing really good. I agree with you. The Spartan should stay out of the box, but if they happen to do get on the back in the box, they've got a really good penalty kill unit ready to back them up. It's not often though, you know, you can kill off penalties, but you can't score much from you know with four guys on the ice compared to five 
Spartans uh, have a shorthanded goal. One shorthanded goal and you know, how many shorthanded attempts. It's not very impressive. Throughout history of hockey, it's not. In 40 attempts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's I, not I, I got gotcha. you. It's not I a very gotcha. high, I gotcha. high percentage. <laughs> so, but that's the thing. You can't let Princeton be in the game. And it, by letting him in the game, you, you can let him in the game, especially uh, with a team that's not very good, um, such as Princeton. They're definitely not better than the Spartans, in my opinion. You, if you let them into a game when you allow them to get chances on the power play and allow them to be the on, on the attack, and when you're on the defensive, that that's when that's when you start getting a little worried and nervous. Exactly. Finally, my three keys. First key: score the first goal. It's simple. Michigan State is four and zero when scoring the first goal. Zero for seven when the opponent scores the first goal. So Michigan State wants to win. Simple. Score the first goal, and history shows that they will win the game. And do it both nights. It's a very good percentage. Exactly. Yeah, but not if you're not for the other side of the coin. That's true. Second key of the game, maintain that consistency, that, that killer instinct for 48 hours. It's been tough. Michigan State has not gotten a sweep yet when arguably they should have had three. Michigan State needs to pick up a sweep this weekend needs to start here. They need to smell. They need to come out, punch Princeton in the nose. Not literally, but you get you get what I mean. Yes. They need they need to come out, smash Princeton, and then go for the kill on Saturday, and get two really big wins. They need to do that. It's critical for them if they want to get climb back to five hundred before the GLI. They it's critical that they pick up two big wins this weekend. And finally, my third point, just come out with intensity. Both games last year, head coach Tom Anastas said he didn't like how the team came out with intensity. Ohio State came out and dominated the first five minutes of both games. Even though the Spartans won the first one, Ohio State dominated the first five minutes. That's something that has to change. The Spartans have to come out and own the game. Not just own the game, own the series. That'll do it for us here in... Impact Radio Studios. I'm Jason Ruff. I'm Max Benoit. Stay cool, Spartan Nation, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving.